And we're live. Yeah. Why does this show look different than all the other YouTube shows you're used to? Because this one's live. 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Join us. You can chat. I dare you to troll me. Come to chat and troll me. That's what I want you to do. Did you know that there was a Kenyan tech entrepreneur that turned down to Harvard Scholarship? His name is Mubarak Muyika. And yes, I did practice saying his name. We'll talk about that today on the show. McDonald's, Subway, and others get $15.6 billion in small business funds. Do you think that they deserve that money? Do they? Facebook Supreme Court rules against Facebook. Because of course they do. We've covered this and we'll continue to. Facebook reporting record revenue. Not shocking to anyone. And 10 important SEO trends for... 2021. Did you know that the show starts now? Whoa, I need everyone in, the ch in chat to settle down. Too many chats coming through. I can't read them all. Kenyan tech entrepreneur turns down Harvard scholarship. This from finance.yahoo.com. The star-studded list of tech executives who dropped out of college on their way to the top features Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, the late Apple uh, CEO Steve Jobs, former Microsoft uh, CEO Bill Gates. Drawing on these examples, advocates in Silicon Valley have questioned whether a college education makes sense for aspiring entrepreneurs. Good friend of mine, Han Soo Kim. Uh, I don't know if he dropped out of college. I want to say that he did um, to pursue his speaker business. Uh, this is just the way of things. Back to the article. Even Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett, told Yahoo Finance two years ago that he that the expense and time that higher education demands may not be worth it, quote, for everybody. Are we going to get better as a species with education? You bet we are. Um, is the college education route smart for everybody? Nope, it's not. Um, I have a master's degree in education and uh, I own an internet marketing business. So was that worth $50,000? This is the nature of things, however, where when we move through life and we attempt to do our best, um, we find ourselves many times uh, taking the side roads. So um, this idea that everyone needs to go to college is, I feel, a bit antiquated. That being said, uh, the stats are in when it comes to the differential between folks who have gotten an education and those that have not. It is clear that there is correlation. Uh, is there causation? Not sure. Back to the article, a young Kenyan tech entrepreneur named Mubarak Muyika headed, heeded their advice even with a scholarship in hand to Harvard University, and he does not regret it. Muyika, who launched an enterprise software startup at 16, that served small businesses in East Africa, said he turned down Harvard because he thought the years in school would cause his company to fall behind his competitors, and that would have been true. Instead, he focused on raising capital and growing his business. Applying to Harvard, Muyika received help from multimillionaire Kenyan business mogul Chris Kirubi, who suggested Muyika pursue the scholarship, he said. Quote, it was something that I felt like was the best thing for me at the time, Muyika says. Quote, I was supported through the whole application process, and it was really an amazing experience. So it's almost like being accepted and given a scholarship to Harvard, I dare I say it, is very similar to actually going. So on my resume, 
I would, I would write, I, I was accepted for a Harvard scholarship. Doesn't that tell you pretty much everything you need to know? And then of course, there's just the laundry list of items that you also would have done, but that's a feather in your cap. I don't care who you are. Now, do you miss out on the connections? Sure. You miss out on the connections, but at the end of the day, um, it's people like, uh, Muyika here that, uh, push innovation forward. So back to finance.yahoo.com. Meanwhile, Muyika was building the startup hype century, which provided affordable web design and digital capacity for small businesses in Tur Esting. While the company enjoyed early success over his high school years, he realized he would need to work on it full time, obviously. And, uh, so there, he, there he goes. I mean, I don't know if it's similar to what I do. Affordable web design, kind of. So anyway, shout out to Muyika for knocking it out. Now, before someone says, Kellen, how dare you tell people not to go to college? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that each individual path is precisely that. It is individual. Um, it is very difficult, I would argue, to go back to college once you've had children. People do it all the time. But wow, is it that much more complicated? There's a reason why college sits um, at ages 18 to 22. Um, people take gap years. I get it. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, shout out to Muyika for killing it. He's 26 years old. 26 years old now, and he says he doesn't regret the decision. He wanted to, quote, win at all costs. Get him. McDonald's, Subway, and others get $15.6 billion in small business funds. Franchises of Subway, McDonald's, hotel chains, auto dealerships, and other big businesses received a total of $15.6 billion from the government's emergency coronavirus loan program for small businesses. It wasn't a loan. It was a grant. This from the WashingtonPost.com. According to data released by the Small Business Administration in response to a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit. So they had to tell everyone how much money exactly they did end up getting. Franchise owners of many of America's biggest chains took advantage of the Paycheck Protection Program because obviously they did. Among fast food chains, 4,278 Subways, 2,445 Dunkins, and 2,217 McDonald's received funds among auto dealerships, 1,478 General Motors locations, and 1,115 Ford locations received funds. Okay, so before we all freak out and go, how dare they? How dare they take money from the government? Um, look, if you're a franchise owner, you're pretty much a small, pretty much a small business owner, and uh, I feel bad for these folks. Now, McDonald's was the only restaurant open at the Stratosphere yesterday. I was there for a Vegas Young Professionals event, and... Uh, you know, McDonald's will be the absolute last restaurant to die in an apocalypse. Um, they just they just refuse to die. <laughs> and so, you know, they stay open. They're making money. I feel bad for, like, the coffee shop down the street. That's rough. You know, that they used to have people sit there, drink Wi-Fi, and have meetings and that sort of thing. That's just difficult. So... Do I feel as though it is unfair that 4,278 subways received money? No. Um, ultimately, you had to prove that it went to payroll. It did go to payroll. Now, I think despite how it's bad news for me personally, the second round of PPP funding, 25%, uh, you have to show a loss in a quarter of 2019 compared to a quarter in 2020. So basically, I would have to say that, yeah, in 2019, we had this terrible Q3 and that's why um, we can apply for the second round of funding. We didn't. Um, our worst quarter was 4% down. Um, and so we are not even close to the 25% down. Silver lining, obviously, is that 
hooray for us. We didn't have uh, a major hemorrhage. I feel terrible for these poor companies that had a 23% loss. Imagine that. You're a business owner and uh, you had a 23% loss in one quarter in 2019. And you get their first round of PPP money, Paycheck Protection Program money. And then here comes the second round. You're like, sweet. And then you are 2% off or half a percent or 1%. Um, the 25% is a completely arbitrary figure. So I just wonder if there's any leeway there. But anyway, um, in total, back to the article, the Small Business Administration identified 75,746 franchise businesses that received loans amounting to 1.5% of the 5.2 million loans issued between April 3rd and August 8th. I don't, I don't have any problem with McDonald's, Subway, and these other franchises getting the money. I mean, tell me I'm wrong, chat. Tell me I'm wrong. Facebook Supreme Court rules against Facebook. This is from CNN.com. So the board overturned several of the company's decisions to remove content in its first set of decisions since the independent body began hearing cases last fall. The board, which has been called Facebook's version of the Supreme Court, announced Thursday that it overturned Facebook's decisions in four out of five cases before it. The cases touched on issues of hate speech, nudity, and COVID misinformation. Um, skipping forward, all five cases involved Facebook taking down posts for breaking its rules. In one case, Facebook removed a post uh, from a Myanmar user who shared two photos of a Syrian toddler of Kurdish ethnicity who drowned. It's terrifying and sad attempting to reach Europe in 2015. The text accompanying the photo, according to the board's description, said there was, quote, something wrong with Muslims um, psychologically or with their mindset. Myanmar has faced uh, international scrutiny for their persecution against Rohingya Muslims. So here you've got this independent board ruling against what Facebook had ruled initially. Okay, fine. But really... What it's doing is it's setting a precedent, but it is also probably the best example we're going to get that Facebook is a government. It's as close to a world government as we're going to have. It is a global entity that has grown to such massive proportions that it needs its own Supreme Court. That should tell you what Facebook has become in 2021. Now, uh, the anti-monopolists will say, look, this is obviously ridiculous. This company is way too big. They need to be broken up. That's argument number one. Argument number two is the natural evolution of a company of this size gets to a point where it's ridiculous to for it to act in any other way, which is to say that it, it's almost as if, you know, um, it's a body and it's reached a certain age and maturity, and it just starts doing things that are uh, very appropriate for that age and maturity level, if that makes any sense. Um, and it, it's in a league of its own, as is Alphabet. So it's almost as if this Supreme Court style of governance for Facebook is more an indication of just how globally massive it is than it is, say, some political thing. Now, we can get into the weeds and go down each specific ruling, but what we're going to find is that we're going to become lawyers. It's as if to understand the ongoing complexity and nuance of the Supreme Court of Facebook's rulings, you, you're going to have to end up getting a doctorate in it. It's going to be like studying law. 
only it's going to be Facebook law. Um, because again, the United States, though it is far reaching in its international influence and every country with its diplomats and its uh, embassies, they've got these um, intricate webs of communication um, and relationships. Facebook has truly global reach and global companies are somewhat of a new phenomenon. And uh, so Mark Zuckerberg, not single-handedly, but on his shoulders rests basically emperor-level decision-making. And as I mentioned in the past, according to ancient Chinese philosophy, Wu Wei, you really don't want to do anything. If you, can, if you can avoid it, you want to step back. You want to allocate as much responsibility as possible to different boards and different entities so that you can avoid being you know, sent to the gallows, essentially. And it, it's also true that no single person can come up with the best possible or the best possible understanding. Um, I mean, perhaps that's inaccurate, but I, I think it's wise for Zuckerberg to do this, to push responsibility off, even though it can seem as though he's just trying to dodge the criticism. Can you imagine waking up tomorrow and being Mark Zuckerberg and going, oh yeah, I have to testify in front of Congress again. Um, that dude just wants to plead the fifth. Leave me alone. Let me run my company. I mean, he could have sold it. He could have walked away from it. He's doing it by choice. Um, and it is not surprising to me that this board is ruling against Facebook. They're letting the world know that we're going to put a check on this company. It's fascinating, really. Um, people are going to get degrees on just Facebook law at some point. It's just absolutely crazy how large they've become. So back to the article, another case centered on nudity. The board reversed Facebook's removal of an Instagram post from a Brazilian user that was meant to raise awareness about breast cancer. This is an interesting precedent. So there's some nudity. It's obviously nudity. We get it. But it is meant to raise awareness about breast cancer. Quote, the post included five photographs that showed women's nipples, which the board declared permissible in light of Facebook's own policy exception for breast cancer awareness. So that's huge. That, that makes perfect sense to me. I think uh, by and large, uh, globally, we're just, we have a double standard for men and women on that front. Shirtless men, totally fine. Shirtless women, all of a sudden, it's like the end of the world. Um, and so for breast cancer awareness, uh, that's just good advertising, right? Mind you, I don't know what the picture looks like. I'd have to pull it up. That would be obviously a bit strange on the show, but the general premise I really like um, because it's meant to shock people. It's meant to go, look, go get screened. You know what I mean? It's supposed to jar you. That's the entire point. That could save lives. So them doing that is, um, I'm 100% on board with that. So the, verse, the first series of decisions come ahead of the most closely watched case yet for the board, whether former uh, President Donald Donald Trump gets to stay on Facebook, according to the um, according to the uh, article by CNN. So this is the big, big, big bifurcation that I feel is inevitable. If they rule that Trump gets to stay on Facebook, I don't think there will be as much fuel added to the fire of Parler and sites like Parler growing that conservative base. However, if they rule against Trump and say, you're not welcome here, 
it's going to just be like an explosive like if if i knew ahead of time which i obviously don't um that they were going to rule one way or another the um i forgot the other the name for it maybe chat you can help me out on this one but um what is it oh here we go um dutch's rideshare writes it's about time facebook has gotten shockingly toxic um a lot of folks agreeing with that sentiment um so parlor and then there's a, a video platform that I can't quite remember the name of, but um, but I would I would invest in them basically at that point because we will see massive growth on these conservative platforms if they rule against Trump on that. Um, and re in regards to the toxicity of Facebook, yeah, there are countless countless stories, anecdotes, um, articles that one can dive into to see just how bad it has gotten. Facebook reports record revenue. Well, there you go. Um, socialmediatoday.com is where this one's from. Facebook reported record revenue as marketers boasted, boosted, excuse me, ad spending during the holidays while also warning about the possible negative effects on ad targeting from Apple's stricter privacy measures. CEO Zuckerberg said in a Wednesday earnings call that his company increasingly sees Apple as one of their biggest competitors. Really fascinating how um, a company that's dedicated to hardware has somehow become the biggest competitor to a website. And let's not forget that Facebook is just a website. Back to the article. In Q4 of 2020, Facebook's profit climbed 53% to a record $11.2 billion as revenue increased 33% to about $12.81 billion per its quarterly earnings report. The company ended the year with a 22% gain to $86 billion in revenue, unreal, including a 21% rise in ad sales. So let's be clear, Facebook makes its money just like Google makes its money off of ad revenue. And uh, as the owner of Send It Rising Internet Marketing, uh, we definitely feed the machine. Um, we run Facebook ads. Many, many companies run Facebook ads. Uh, Yellow Pages is kindling. Um, there are going to be some disruptors in the market as augmented reality moves forward. Uh, that being said, the absolute behemoth of Facebook is, um, it's only, I, I, I would argue that's only stoppable um, by complete market disruption and or a unified front of governments deciding to take some sort of step. Um, as we've seen in Australia and in Europe, there are a number of um, governments that are fighting for their news folk, for their um, journalists, by trying to force Facebook to pay um, Facebook obviously can afford it. Uh, they can also afford legal teams to battle them um, seemingly endlessly. So Facebook on the rise, no question about it. Record profits. What do you think? Final story of the day, 10 important SEO trends for 2021. Let's start with the first one. This is from searchenginejournal.com. I do recommend Search Engine Journal for folks that are interested in internet marketing and SEO in particular. So customer analytics, retention, and lifetime value. SEO used to be mostly about driving traffic, but it's evolved into much more. Um, you will be pushed more to make the traffic you have work harder to close the gaps in revenue and demonstrate ROI. So if you don't have CallRail installed on your website, I highly recommend it. You can listen to the phone calls that are generated. You can know whether or not they're generated from Google Ads or SEO. Um, so understanding analytics is a big deal. 
Um, if you do have a website, you can log into your Google Analytics. You're not going to break anything. Um, if you can sift by landing page, um, you're doing pretty well. One of the things you want to do is you want to see which landing pages, and by landing page, I just mean pages on your website, are receiving the most traffic. Why are they receiving that much traffic? Uh, the bounce rate refers to how many people don't visit another page from that page. Um, is the bounce rate is the bounce rate high for an individual page? And you can use all this analytics data to then make changes to your best performing pages. Um, you might have a blog that's getting 300 visits a day, 200, 600, um, and you may simply not know. Or you look at the general analytics and you see that uh, you, you just there's nothing there. There's no love at all. Um, and then you know that you've got some work to do, obviously. So let's go to the next bit here that they recommend. Trend number three, brand search engine results page optimization, knowledge, knowledge graphs, and entities. So in 2021, tracking brand search engine result pages, they call them SERPs, and knowledge panels will become the norm. Um, we keep talking about uh, zero point ranking. So there's something called rich snippets where you can actually get your blog to rank above the top organic results. So it's better than position one, it's position zero. And if you get enough of those from enough blogs, um, then you can really drive conversions, getting folks onto the website. Once they get to the website, obviously they're there just for a blog. So what's the opportunity for you to upsell them? It depends what you're selling. If we use the Duchess Rideshare example, um, obviously we want them to download the app, uh, but before they're willing to do that, they might want to check out the YouTube page. They may want to look at your social. They might want to bop around, figure that out. So you get them to the blog page. There needs to be some sort of call to action. So just a website with nothing on it, and by nothing, I mean no call to action. Then obviously we want to push them in the right direction. Chat boxes are big. They want to ask you a question. Someone available right that second is a big deal. Podium is an example of that. Um, so really zero point rankings is a big deal. If you don't know what schema market markup is or rich snippets, you may want to Google those to get a better sense of how you get zero point rankings in 2021. Um, all SEO is mobile SEO. Um, ensuring your content website performs well from a mobile perspective should also continue to be a focal point as this is where the majority of searches are being conducted. Many people will only look at their website on desktop. This is obviously a mistake. If you don't have Google Search Console on your website, you should. It's free. It will also tell you, it'll tell you all sorts of great information. What are the keywords that people are clicking on uh, from Google to get to your website? Also, is there any drama? Do you have any issues? It's a web developer's happy place. And again, you don't need to personally understand it. You just need to relay that information to someone who does. So if there's some mobile issue, some 404 error issue, whatever it happens to be, you just relay that to your web developer and you move on with your life. Um, and then a lot of these are just sort of like vague. More automation, I don't know. They write, if we look back at the increasing number of SEO tasks that were able to be automated in 2020, um, the possibilities for 2021 will be mind-bending, according to uh, Hamlet Batista, CEO of RankSense, quote, expect the quality and quantity of the AI-generated content to increase dramatically. Okay, so we've been covering this for quite a while. I can show you AI content that is indiscernible. It passes the Turing test um, between uh, the AI, I'm sorry, between the content written by a human and the content written by a machine. You just, you simply can't tell. Uh, at this point, it's not there yet, um, but 2021 may be the year where some industries start to see automated content. What'll happen? 
So example, sports stories, those are easy to write automated content because you can take um, the text from a video that talks about it. You can grab the transcript. You can grab a bunch of different other articles and you can, with using machine learning, understand exactly what happened in the game and write an article about this player did this, they scored X number of points, and this is basically the breakdown of the game. That can be done. Whether things that use a lot of data can be done now, when it comes to more artistic styles of writing, we're not there yet, um, but we will get there. And the second that happens, um, I will go from spending around $5,000 a month on human writers to create this content to whatever they're gonna charge me to create the other kind. Um, hopefully at the same price point or less. And what will then happen is um, the value of a blog will decline precipitously as people adopt this new form of AI writing. Everyone's going to be doing it. And so it'll no longer have value. And then we will have shifted into this world, which is live stream, video, um, graphic design, being clever, being funny, being, being entertaining. Um, and pay-per-click will also see um, a huge jump because the blog content, it'll just be so incredibly hard um, to, to compete. And so people will be creating, you know, like 4,000 word blogs, but the blogs themselves won't just have the words. They'll have a bunch of custom graphics and they'll include video. Um, so there you have it. This is the nature of things in 2021 for SEO. So that's pretty much it. Just a reminder, um, I'm here live, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, if you're watching us after the show is live, like most folks do, we love you. We're still proud of you. We are really appreciative that you do swing by the show. If you are ever free at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, I would love to see you chat. Um, in a perfect world, the show will evolve to a place where I'm answering questions, where I'm looking up answers to questions in live time. This is where we do want to get eventually. So if you can join us for the live show, we would appreciate it. Um, that being said, if you want to be a guest on the show, why don't you send us an email info, info at senditrising.com, or if you have any comments or questions, if you do leave a comment, if you hit the like button, if you subscribe, all of these things help the channel grow. And I genuinely appreciate it. Um, you can also find the show on iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, and a bunch of other podcast platforms. So let's summarize the news of the day. Kenyan tech entrepreneurship kills it. Good for this dude. Um, just amazing, uh, the talent that's out there. McDonald's, Subway, and other businesses get $15.6 billion in small business funds. Good for them. I don't have any problems with that. Franchise owners are still owners. Um, I get that the, the companies themselves, the McDonald's and Subways and of the world, um, just huge sigh of relief knowing that their franchisees would receive all of this money. It's just the nature of a pandemic. Facebook's Supreme Court rules against Facebook. You can say it's just a PR thing that they're doing it this way, but it feels as though they have autonomy and that they are, um, they are doing this um, with the best interest in mind. Again, the breast cancer um, awareness example, I think they ruled uh, the right way on that. Facebook reports record revenue um, and uh, SEO trends for 2021. Um, get those videos out. It's a big deal. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the show for today. Thank you for swinging on by. Much appreciated as always. Um, and we will see you for Monday's show in a few days. Have a good one.